Uh, Job chapter 6 is where we'll begin here in just a few moments. But we began um, a series of messages, there are probably about four or five messages in this series, uh, called Lord, I Have a Problem. And last week we looked at the first one, probably be breaking for a couple of weeks, and um, we'll go back to our series probably for a couple of weeks on Jesus, the Alpha and Omega. We began that back um, before Christmas, and we're looking at the life and ministry of Jesus starting with before his birth, and uh, so far we've made our way up to his childhood, and then uh, now we're going to look into his call to the ministry here, probably start next week for a couple weeks, and then we'll come back to this series as well. So we're looking at the second of our messages, Lord, I Have a Problem. And last week I mentioned to you that usually pastors would hope that when you come in and you're sitting down, you're worshiping after, after you sing and worship a bit uh, with, that, with praise, then you uh, open your Bible and try to get your mind off your problems. But actually, in this study, I want you to think about your problems because we want to think about them biblically. So uh, Job 14, verse 1, the Bible says that man that is born of woman is few of days and full of trouble. Of course, that goes for men or women that are born, uh, few of days and full of trouble. And that's one of the things Job Job observed with all the troubles that he endured, and he endured a a great many of them in his life and uh, the things that he went through after losing just about everything. uh, He went through a great deal of trouble. And so we started last week looking at that, uh, looking at our problems biblically and why we have problems, and we talked about that. So if you missed that and you'd like to hear it, that is on our podcast site. Just go to that, and if you missed the address, it's on the front of the bulletin, and just go there and look for that. Um, it's on our podcast site from last week. So anyway, this is the second one that we're going to look at, and uh, today uh, we're going to look at words, wisdom, and the will of God when it comes to our problems and dealing with our problems. So um, today we'll look at that, and again, there'll be some future messages we'll, we'll, we'll look at um, in the weeks to come. But go with me to chapter 6, if you will, and this is where we're going to begin uh, today, and we'll be in some other places in Job, and um, I'll have a couple other references in the Old and New Testament, uh, mostly Old Testament this morning. But look with me at chapter 6. Look at verse 24 to 26. Um, This is Job speaking, and uh, I'll mention in just a little bit about some of his friends and how at different times they spoke. But look at chapter 6, verse 24. Teach me, and I will hold my tongue, and cause me to understand wherein I have erred. How forcible are right words... But what doth your argument arguing prove? Now he's talking back to uh, his friends and asking them that question. Look at verse 26. Do you imagine to reprove words and the speeches of one that is desperate, which are as wind? And so basically there uh, in, in verse 24, we see the um, about holding your tongue. We use that word, to, uh, use that phrase today. It comes right out of Scripture. In fact, there are a couple other places, or at least one other place I can think of, Uh, where that phrase is found in Scripture. We use that phrase today. But look what he says in verse 26. Do you imagine to reprove words and to the speeches of one that is desperate, which are as wind? In other words, he's saying, you guys are giving me nothing but a bunch of hot air. (laughs) You ever had that whenever you're going through a problem and someone tries to to help in some way and they're not doing any help at all? Uh, They're they're giving a bunch of hot air. And that's what he says to them. What you're telling me is just a bunch of hot air, guys. You're not really helping me in any way. So let's look at a few things, about about four things about that today. The words, wisdom, and will of God. When it comes to going through and examining and dealing with our problems and trying to find out maybe, as we talked about last week a little bit, why they happen, but also what to do in the midst of those problems. So the first thing we want to see 
is the words from others about our problems. That comes from our text right there. We just read the beginning text. Uh, the words from others about our problems. Uh, someone has well said, talk is cheap. And so when you're going through problems and you have others who offer uh, advice and so forth, whether they offer it on their own or whether you ask for it, um, sometimes talk is cheap. And so when we're going through problems, the words from others that we receive, we need to learn a very important word that's found in Scripture, and that is the word to discern. Discern means to judge, but it means a little more specifically. It means to determine the difference between what are good um, uh, what is good advice or counsel and what is not good advice? We'll get into counsel a little bit more in just a moment. Between opinions and counsel, we need to learn to tell the difference between that. And that word discern is a good biblical word that uh, we can use for that. Um, when it comes to opinions, opinions are usually someone's perspective on the problem. They're not always wrong. Sometimes they may give their opinions about things um, and what they think, uh, what they uh, think about the problem or why we're going through it or how we're handling it. But they're, they're not always wrong. But opinions, those kind of words can be shaky at best. Opinions are not always uh, something biblical, and we have to understand that. But usually anytime you go through a problem, others are going to offer an opinion on the ways that they can help or what you're, how you're doing something right or how you're doing something wrong. Uh, a word that I think is best that we need to look for in times of uh, uh, problems and for words that we look for, simply the word counsel. Counsel usually is, uh, it, it's different in opinion always, but it's usually in that it gives wise steps of action and sometimes correction when we're dealing with a problem. Um, we all need wise counsel from time to time. Over in Proverbs, there are several references to counsel. There's some in other places too, but um, the word counsel is found in Proverbs several times. And two of them this morning I'd like to, to read to you. I'll give you the references. One is Proverbs 12 and verse 15, if you're making writing notes or writing references. And the other, other is Proverbs 19 and verse number 20. Proverbs 12 and verse 15 says, The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but he that hearkeneth unto counsel is wise. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes. That is, sometimes we're going through problems. We can get tunnel vision. We see the problem, may see it very well and very clearly, but we may not see everything about that problem. And so the Bible says the, fool, uh, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes. And so uh, the, uh, the other side of that proverb, which many of the proverbs are written this way, gives us the opposite thing to understand and to realize, and that is, but he that hearkeneth unto counsel is wise. There are times when we're going through problems that maybe we don't feel like talking about uh, that problem to, to, to anyone. Or maybe there are a few trusted friends that we can talk to. We're going to look at Job's friends here in just a moment. But um, there are times that we need that counsel from others. may not necessarily be a pastor. It might be. Maybe some other um, a friend or, or family member or someone that you know, especially that's a believer, that can help you with wise counsel. Proverbs 19.20 says this, Hear counsel and receive instruction that thou mayest be wise in thy latter end. So with that counsel should be helpful words that will help you to make steps in the right direction. That's what instruction is about. So Job knew the need for uh, wise words. He understood words that weren't so wise. And he, under, he knew the need for wise words. And in Proverbs, we see the importance of counsel when we're going through problems. Wise counsel will always include what God says about a problem. Some way it will give us something from Scripture to understand it. Um, when human beings leave God out of any circumstance, 
What happens? Uh, it's never wise to, to leave God. It's always wise to have God in every circumstance, everything that you're going through, particularly your problems. But when be human beings leave God out of circumstances, what happens? We have 66 books in one book called the Bible, and over and over you can see how human beings will make a mess of things every time. They do. And so uh, we, need why, um, we need wisdom. We need God's counsel. We need his wisdom on that. Uh, sometimes in, not only is there opinions that come our way from others, we're talking about words now from, from others about our problems still. Sometimes not only words, but we want counsel. But sometimes people can simply just jump to conclusions. Sometimes the, you know, some of the worst counsel or some of the worst advice can, can be given is just simply knee-jerk. Somebody sees something and they begin to all of a sudden respond to something without looking at all, <coughs> excuse me, at all the facts. Scripture talks about, in the book of Proverbs, the wisdom of searching out a matter. Chad referred to that this morning about a king. Uh, the, it's, the, it's the honor of kings to search out a matter, to do your homework, so to speak. When you're going through a problem, seek what does God have to say about it. And so those who just jump to conclusions, they're going to give a knee-jerk reaction to a problem. And it may or may not help. It may help define what the problem is, but it may not give us direction and guidance. Look at chapter 2, verse uh, 11 with me for just a moment. Go back to Job 2. And let's look at Job's friends. Now, we, we weren't introduced to them last week when we looked at our first message because we mostly stayed in chapter 1. And as you remember, in chapter 1, God, uh, Satan comes before God in God's presence and, and God's talking to him. And God says, have you ever seen anyone like my servant Job? Uh, he was a man that loved God. He hated evil. And Satan says, basically, just boiling down what he says, you give me a chance at him, we'll see what he does. We'll see if he honors you. We'll see if he still worships you. And, of course, Job did. We saw uh, in, in, um, at the end of chapter 1 that even with everything that came his way, everything that happened to him, the Bible says that he worshiped and said, you know, everything comes from God. I came into this world with nothing. I'll leave with nothing. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And he said... Um, uh, the Bible says, in all this Job sin not, nor charge God foolishly. And then when you get to chapter 2, all of a sudden, some friends arrive. Look, look with me at verse number uh, 11. Now, when Job's three friends heard of all this evil that was come upon him, you would hope that in these problems he'd have more than three friends, wouldn't you? But they, there are three particularly that came to visit him. Look at verse 11. We're going to read through 13, but we're going to focus on verse 11. Um, Evil that was come upon him, they came everyone from his own place, Eliphaz from Tem uh, the Temanite, and Bildad the Shuhite. Now, that doesn't mean he was just a Shuhite tall. Okay, that's, that's a bad joke. Anyway, Shuhite, he was from a, a place called Shua. And Zophar the Namathite, some of you will get that joke later. Zophar the Namathite, for they had made an appointment together to come to mourn with him and to comfort him. Well, that was a nice thing that they would come see him and visit him. Uh, sometimes when you're going through a hard time, whether it's a health issue, surgery, or, or a problem, it's good to know that people come alongside to talk with you, to pray with you, to pray for you, to help you. And that's always a good thing. So these friends, whatever their motive, were, we know it says they did come to, to help him, to mourn him, to comfort with him. Verse 12, and when they lifted up their eyes afar off, they knew him not. They lifted uh, up their voice, they wept, and they rent everyone his, his mantle and sprinkled dust upon their heads toward heaven. So they see what he's going through. It's like, this isn't the Job we know. He's really having a rough time. As you remember, those bulls were all over him, and he basically took pieces of, of a pot, broken pot, to scratch them. It was that bad. He was hurting so bad, itching so bad from those bulls that were all over him that Satan, God allowed Satan to do that. Verse 13, so they sat down with him 
upon the ground seven days and seven nights, and none spake a word unto him, for they saw that his grief was very great. It mentions in there how they rent their mantle. That would be like tearing a, a, a robe or a coat and sprinkled dust on their heads. That was a sign of, of, uh, of mourning in that day. That was a sign of sadness and sorrow and mourning. So the Bible mentions their, their names there in verse number 11. And so when you, you look at them, Eliphaz is the only one we know a little bit about. And for time's sake, we won't go to the reference, but I'll give you a reference. Jeremiah 49 and verse 7. The people from Teman... T-E-M-A-N. He was a Temanite. He was from an area called Teman. Uh, it was known as a place for people with wisdom. For whatever reason, that's how they were known in Jeremiah 49, verse 7. And so he's the one, only one we know about. And sometimes some of the things he had to say to Job were rather wise uh, as you go through the book of Job in the times that Eliphaz, uh, Eliphaz speaks. Then there's Bildad the Shuhite. Uh, we don't know that much about him. And Zophar the Namathite, we don't know that much about them. But nevertheless, these, these men came from distances when they heard about what happened to Job. And they came to, to see him and to offer their advice. They brought their judgments and their verdicts, good or bad, uh, on what he was going through. And so we need real friends in times of problems. We need that. And sometimes their words can be very valuable. And as we've already looked at words, uh, sometimes they're not as valuable as others, but they can be very valuable. And so these friends came to see him. The world probably does not care about your problems. As a Christian especially, the world's not going to care about your problems. Real friends will care. Someone well said that a friend is someone who comes in uh, whenever the rest of the world goes out walks out. And so that's very, very true. Uh, they'll walk into your life when the rest of the world walks out. Real friends will care. Um, problems reveal sometimes who our real friends are. And so uh, Job found uh, three friends that came to visit him. And at least they did that much. Now, as they talked at different times, some of the things they said might not have been correct, but they did at least come to try to comfort him. Friends reveal their sincerity when we have problems. We find out if they're real. So when it comes to receiving counsel from others, we're still on our first point. Sometimes others can give us perspective with counsel. Uh, even if they're wrong on some things, they can give us a little bit of perspective. Every one of us have what is called blind spots in our lives. Just as when you're driving uh, down the road with your mirrors, with your rear view mirror and your side mirrors and everything, um, if you don't have them adjusted just right, and even if you do, there are times that you're going to have a blind spot. Someone may be passing you. I've had this to happen many times. They may be passing you in, in the right lane, and I'm getting ready to go in the left, from the left lane to the right, and I'm like, oop, this is a two-way going to us. I'm not talking about. And so I'm going, whoa, I need to get over here, and then, oop, there's a car coming. There's a blind spot there. Well, we have those in our lives. Every one of us have those. No matter how wise you are or how smart you are, you have blind spots, things that you do not see, maybe things you overlook because you don't want to see them in your life. Sometimes that may be true. Sometimes blind spots are simply things that we don't understand and can't see. And hopefully the older you get, you learn to, um, to see those things better. But sometimes God brings other people in our life, friends like Job has here, people that come to your life to help you see those blind spots. There are things you may need help with that you can't realize, you don't realize. You can't see that. You can't understand that and the problem that you're dealing with. And so we see that in, in Job's life and how we all have those blind spots. But also there are times when we actually 
uh, know more about other, other, um, our own life than others do. You ever had somebody in your life like that? They could tell you everything about your life. They don't really know you that well. Maybe somebody you've worked with. I've had in the past, I, I worked with somebody, many, this has been 30 years or so, 25 to 30 years ago. Somebody I worked with one time, he could tell me he thought, everything he thought was a problem in my life. And uh, to borrow from an old 70s song, uh, he didn't know how to run his own life. You know, how, why would I let him run mine? And so, uh, you know, the, the, sometimes people are that way. Uh, but they sometimes they, they think they know more than you do, but you know more about your life than they do. And you have to take that into consideration when you receive counsel. But always remember, although we may know more about our life than others know, our life than others know about us, we never know more about our life than God does. He knows more about us than we know about ourselves and that others, even the closest to us, know about us. He knows more about us. And I think Job sees that all through this book, and we see that as he faces these problems. I need to move on. We're going to get to our second through fourth points. They're shorter. So this is why we search the Scripture. This is why we pray about, pray about everything in our life. Because when we're helping someone with their problems, we want to be wise about that. Someone's life can be a bit more complicated than what you see. Sometimes it's like the proverbial tip of the iceberg. You see something, but there's a lot more underneath. It's like the old saying, peel an onion, you find a lot of layers. And then there's always going to be a layer that's going to make you cry, right? But it's peel an onion. And so uh, simple answers do not mean there's always an easy solution. We have to understand that. And Job's friends hopefully learned that. Because a solution which seems so simple to you probably doesn't seem simple to the person to whom you offer that solution. If it did, they probably wouldn't need your counsel or advice anyway. And sometimes they need to be shown that. Again, going back, we have blind spots. We may not know all their circumstances. We may not know how the problem developed. We may not know all about the problem or the people that are involved and to realize that. And so um, as, we, as we look at problems or help others with problems, in our words, we need to understand. Let's move on quickly to the next three points. Go, go with me to chapter 17 of Job. Chapter 17, and this is the second thing. So the words um, that we hear or we listen to when we're going through problems, uh, those words um, say a great deal. Um, and so we want to, to realize the importance of those words. But also, this is the next step. Chapter 17, look at verse 10, verse 11. But as for you all, you do return and come now, for I cannot find one wise man among you. <laughs> That's not very good. Verse 11, my days are past, my purposes are broken off, even the thoughts of my heart. This is the next thing. Not only words, but the thoughts that we think about our problems. The way we think about our problems. Thoughts are words that have not yet been spoken. We tend to think in words. We don't realize it sometimes, but we do. We tend to think in words. Go back with me to chapter 3 for a moment. <clears throat> Job 3, look at verse um, 25. So the thoughts that come our way, especially negative thoughts, are going to affect us in the way that we handle problems. For example, fear and worry are what I would call twins in our life. Because they feed upon each other, fear and worry are really twins uh, they're two sides sometimes of the same coin. Look at three, Job 3, verse 25. For the thing which I greatly feared is come upon me, and that which I was afraid of is coming to me. So uh, fear 
can um, definitely be uh, one of the thoughts when we think in our problem. It's going to affect the way that we see that problem or the way we handle that problem. Chapter 4, verse 14. Fear came upon me and trembling, which made all my bones to shake. So fear, again, worry are twins. The word worry is not found here, here in Scripture, but you see places that refer to worry. Jesus says, take no thought for tomorrow. That means don't worry about tomorrow. Um, and so there, there are places where worry is referred to, but they're really twins. They're, they're problems that can be in our thought that w- thoughts that will affect the way we handle a problem. Uh, oftentimes trying to figure it out makes things more difficult. Um, I'm one of the world's worst in trying to do that, to try to figure it out. You can't figure it all out. You, we have one perspective. Well, two if we get God's perspective on it. But even then, we can't see everything. Uh, you can't figure it all out. None of us can. Uh, we, we all, we're always going to miss something important. We're not going to see the whole big picture. And you may be making a big deal out of something, in fact, that's not really vital to the problem. So uh, we can't always figure it out. So, again, closely related to fear and worry would be trying to figure it all out, thinking that we can figure it all out ourselves. Kind of like the man who bought a yacht one time. And his wife was nervous because he had no experience sailing whatsoever, but he wanted a yacht. He knew he could handle it, and so for weeks he practiced in the harbor before finally taking it out to sea. And finally, he talked his nervous wife into going on the yacht with him. So nervously, she stepped aboard, and you know, not knowing what to, to expect, thinking to herself, "My husband doesn't know how to to, to sell one of these things. I, I don't I don't know about this." So out of the harbor they headed, and he tried to put her at ease, and he says, "This, honey, look, I practiced enough in this harbor to know where every rock." Every reef, every sandbar is located. The moment he said that, there was a hidden rock hidden beneath the surface that he hit. And he said, see, there's one of them right now. So sometimes trying to figure it all out really is not going to work at all. Uh, Look over with me to chapter 38 and verse 18 of Job. 38 and verse number 18. This is found in a chapter where God asks Job some very, very uh, deep questions. He even asks him in verse 4, where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth, Job? Where were you? He wants Job to understand how very small we are compared to our great God so that we can understand that whatever problem we're going through, God already knows all about it. He was there first. He was there before we went through that problem. He was there waiting on us, knowing that we were going to face that. Look at 38 and verse number 18. Hast thou perceived the breadth of the earth? Declare if thou knowest it at all. And if you read before that, you see just question after question that Job cannot answer. So trying to figure it all out, we're always going to leave something out. There are a lot of things we don't know. There are a lot of things that Job couldn't answer that God asked him right there. And there are a lot of things that we're not going to know. This, fa- this is found in the chapter where God asks him a lot of questions he can't answer. Number one, he wants Job to understand you can't figure it all out, Job. Number two, to understand I have a purpose for everything. And when we get through this study, as we go through this study of Job, we'll see that more and more. Third of all, you may not know the purpose now, but you will. And then also, God says to Job, until then, go to chapter 40. Chapter 40, just a page to your right. God says, until then, Job, just trust me. Chapter 40, look at verse 2. And verse, let's see, look at verse number 2. So he that can, contendeth with the, uh, shall he that contendeth with the Almighty instruct him? 
He that reproveth God, let him answer it. In other words, he says, Job, you can't instruct me. You're not going to teach me anything. I can't be taught anything. I know it all. So Job, just trust me until the end comes. And then, of course, in the next two chapters, we see the end of, of the uh, problems of Job, and we see the fulfillment of that, and we'll get that in the future. Number three, we'll move quickly. This point's a little shorter. Go to chapter 28 of Job, chapter 28, and verse number 18. Or excuse me, verse number 28. The third thing is, is we need the wisdom of God when we're going through our problems. Someone as well said, wisdom is seeing life the way God sees it. As he shows us in his word, as he reveals to us in his word. 28 and verse number 28, the very last verse of that chapter. And unto man he said, behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. And to depart from evil is understanding. The fear of the Lord is wisdom. We need God's wisdom for our problems. The Bible says in Isaiah 55 verse 8 and 9, For my ways are not your ways. Neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. We don't understand and know all his ways. And so we need his wisdom in our problems. We need a couple of the verses we're going to look at in Job. Go with me to chapter 23 for just a moment. In verse number 12, this is where we find our wisdom. Neither have I gone back from the commandments of his lips. I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. You ever been so hungry that you would eat just about anything? You have that kind of hunger. Job said, even in all that he endured, he said, I have esteemed his words even higher than that. If we're going to have the wisdom of God that we need for our problems, we need to have a hunger for God's word and what he has to say to us. We need to hunger. Lord, Where I need the answers, and I want to look in your word and find them there. So the wisdom from God from our problems. And then finally, number four, there is the will of God when we face our problems. Same chapter, 23, back up to verse 8. Behold, I go forward, but he is not there, and backward, but I cannot perceive him. You ever had times where you prayed and it seemed like the ceiling it stopped about there? And you, it's like, I can't perceive, I can't, I can't see or understand that God is even listening or that he's there. Verse 9, on the left hand where he doth work. Notice what it says, where he's at work. I can't see him, but he's at work. Continue that verse. But I cannot behold him. He hideth himself on the right hand, and I cannot see him. Verse 10, this is probably one of the key verses of the book of Job. When it comes to his problems, it certainly is. But he knoweth the way that I take. When he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. The will of God when facing our problems. When we go through our problems, there's some things about the will of God we need to understand. We see where God was at work, even though Job didn't see it. He couldn't perceive that. He couldn't tell it. But then he said, I look on the left hand. I can't see where he does work, but I cannot behold him. He, I know he's at work, but I can't see it. Number one, whether directly or indirectly, what I'm going through is the will of God for my life right now. That was true of Job. Remember, God allowed Satan to do what he did. God didn't send Satan to do it. God allowed him to do it. And so whatever you're going through right now is the will of God for your life right now. Directly or indirectly, it's the will of God for right now. Whether it's something you brought on yourself or you didn't. Job didn't. He didn't bring that on himself. It is the will of God right now. Number two, God asks that we simply trust him even when we can't figure out his plan or seeing him working. Trust his will. Third, my goal should be to handle this the way the Lord sees it, the way he would have me to handle it with him. 
That's going through problems through the, with the will of God, to seek the will of God, whatever we're facing. Let's make it practical right, real quick before we close. Number one, whatever you're going through, ask for wisdom. We saw that in Job 28 about the importance of wisdom. Ask for it. James chapter 1, verse 2 to 5, tells us, gives us the promise that when we're going through troubles and problems, he uses the word temptation in James chapter 1, but when we're going through those problems in, uh, in our life, things we're going through, whether it's a temptation to do wrong or a temptation to throw in the towel and not trust God, James says when you're going through all these things, ask God for wisdom. Ask God for it, and he will give it. James chapter 1, I'm going to read to you verse number, uh, well, verse 2 to 5, but verse 5 says, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. God gives an overflow, an overabundance of wisdom if we'll simply ask for it. Lord, give me your wisdom, what I'm facing right now. Lord, I have a problem, and I need your wisdom. Ask him for that. Number two, look for the lesson. Look for the lesson. Romans 5 verse 1 to 4 tells us the Apostle Paul says we're justified by faith, and because of that he says... Uh, as believers in Jesus Christ, he says that God, uh, the things that we go through, God gives us uh, patience. He gives us hope. It says in verse number 3 and 4 of chapter 5, And not only so, but we glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. Look for the lesson. God is building character in our life through the experiences we go through, the experiences we endure. Somebody wisely said, experience is what you get when you didn't get what you want. There's a lot of truth in that uh, in life. But as God is working in our life, that experience of what we're going through, He is building character in your life. Character is a foreign word these days. It's become a thing of the past with culture and with society, but certainly not with God. God is building character in the life of His children, and He did in Job's life. Patience, endurance, wisdom, understanding, compassion for other people, boldness, confidence. He is building those things. Look for the lesson. Lord, what are you teaching me? What are you teaching me this time through what I'm going through? Third of all, follow God's direction even when it is most difficult, and sometimes it may be. Here's Job, lost all of his children, lost most all of his possessions, lost everything but his wife, lost his health. And he's sitting there in, in this pile of rubble, basically. He's got all these bulls on him. He's trying to scratch those things. They itch so bad. And yet, he still wanted to follow God's direction, even when it was most difficult for him. Every man or woman in faith, uh, of faith throughout Scripture, Genesis to everybody all the way through, they had one thing in common. It wasn't the amount of faith that they had. Some of them may have had more faith than others. It wasn't that they had great wealth or resources. Some of them didn't have great wealth. Job did before he lost it. Some of them may or may not have had great wealth or resources. It wasn't that they knew every step of action to take every moment. They didn't. It was simply that they trusted God. They were obedient to Him no matter what they were facing. That's true for you and me right now. Whatever you're going through, to trust God, and be obedient to Him no matter what you're facing. He will honor that faith. He will work through that faith if you simply trust Him, even when it's most difficult. You're going through something tough right now. You don't have to raise your hand. Some of you, I know you're going through some, some tough things right now. I know that. And I'm praying for you and with you about it. But follow God's direction. 
even when it's most difficult. Trust him no matter what you see with your eyes. Job said, I looked. I couldn't see any evidence of it, but I knew he was at work. And he is. That's what faith does. It believes that God is working even when we can't see it. Let's pray together. Thank you, Lord, that biblically there is a way to handle our problems. And as we saw last week, Lord, every one of us have problems, and for various reasons. Sometimes it's this world we live in. Sometimes it's because the sin nature of ourselves or others. We looked at several reasons last week while we go through problems. The things that we endure, some of them are health problems, as Job had. And as some sitting here today have, have endured or are still enduring. Uh, it may be a, a just a problems in their family, problems with their finances. They're just, uh, the list can go on and on. But no matter what it may be, every one of us serve the same God. If we know Christ as Savior, we serve the God who is always there. The God who wants us to trust Him. Lord, as I said at the beginning of last week's message, and the same is true today, there's probably not anything that's going to really um, be a light that comes on for anybody on the, when we're looking at problems. It's not going to be something they've probably never heard before. Maybe it's something we just simply need to be reminded and to know that you are in control and to realize that, as we'll see in the future, our problems do make sense. They may not right now, but they do make sense. And we thank you, Lord, that you're a God who is a God of design. You designed this universe, this world. You designed us intricately so much that the Bible says in Psalm 139, you know our downsitting, our uprising. You know everything before we were even born. That's the God we serve. And I thank you for that today. But Lord, it's through salvation in your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, that we really have hope, that we do have uh, do have reason and purpose in what we're going through in our life. We do have uh, a, a hope to look, to look at you and to your truth and your promises. Lord, may we remember the treasure that's in between the pages of your holy book and to know that's the place to go for your wisdom. May it become dearer to us every day. Job said it was even more necessary than his food that he ate. Thank you for the power of your word. Thank you for the songs that we've sang today, Lord, in worship and praise to you. And uh, we thank you, Lord, for our time together. Lord, I pray that there's anyone here or someone who will listen to this uh, on our site, Lord, that if they've never trusted Christ as their Savior, that they'll realize that on, the only real true hope is in your Son, the Lord Jesus, and what He did, His finished work on the cross, how He died for us, shed His precious blood, died for us, was buried and raised the third day, that we can have real hope genuine hope, and that's eternal life through your Son, the Lord Jesus. And Lord, to know that you don't just leave us here with no purpose. While we're here, you have something for us. You have a lot for us. If we'll just look and seek your will for it, and to know that you'll show us and reveal that to us. Thank you, Lord, for being a powerful God, more powerful than our fears and our worries and our doubts, more powerful than whatever we face in our life when we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.